Louis ruined it. <laughs> you know, we've all missed Pastor Howard, my husband, who passed away last July. Well, I have a video for you. It's a clip that has a little grit glitch in it. The uh, video doesn't match the audio, so Sharon's just going to show the picture. But we are going to hear his voice singing these Easter songs. And if you feel led, just join right in whenever you're ready. Good morning, saints. Happy Easter. Welcome to the TLC broadcast of our worship service. I'm really grateful for this occasion, and I'm grateful that you joined us. Let's celebrate. He got to join us for our Easter service. Isn't that great? <laughs> and I know somebody was saying, Zosh, I, wish you, I thought you'd have Easter people. <laughs> he used to sing Easter people. Well, um, if you're a first-time visitor here, I know you're thinking, what is this place? <laughs> weird. We're weird. Yes, we all are weird. Are we weird? Yes. <laughs> Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Okay. And uh, we just thank the Lord that you're here today. And if you did not get a gift bag when you came in, please pick one up as you leave the, at the doors. And uh, we hope that you will be blessed today. We hope that you will see the love of God through his son Jesus who died for you, who came from heaven, left his majestic throne to come here and take on flesh to become like us, to suffer and to die, to, to pour out his blood. You know, when I think about it, his blood was poured out. When we take communion, we say, he says, this is my blood for the remission of sins. Leviticus 17 says the life is in the blood. You, would, you could have a perfect heart. Chad, you have a perfect heart. But if you don't have any blood, you're dead. 
So life is in the blood. <laughs> so today, Tristan, what a wonderful teaching. Yeah. Sunday Bible class, if you've never been, please join us at 930 on Sunday mornings. And he went all the way from the old, the 5th century, was it? Uh, the 6th century. We started around the 8th century B.C. and brought you all the way forward to Here Comes the Sun. <laughs> Which we're going to be blessed by. Um, so anyway, I want you to mark your calendars for the National Day of Prayer event on Thursday, May 5. Uh, it will be held on the Calvary Church property in Ormond. It's a, a big event. If you were there last year, you know how awesome it was. So um, we are doing 21 days of prayer. Each church in the community is taking turns celebrating uh, and praying up to the main event. On April 28, which is coming up, what, a couple weeks? We will host one of those things here tonight with our awesome praise and worship team. <laughs> and we will have some guest ministers praying as well as you. So please put that on your calendar, April 28, and the main event on May 5. So now, what are we going to do, Rhonda? Uh, uh, praise, offering, offering. <laughs> Ties and offerings. <laughs> <laughs> Talk me off guard. Sorry. <laughs> All righty. So, you know, the Lord loves us so much that he, he wants to meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He's so wonderful. He loves us. And so, Lord God, for all that you did for us to give us eternal life through the death and resurrection of your son, we give our tithes and offerings today in honor and praise of you. Amen. This was all Tristan's idea, by the way. Yeah. So this, is, um, this <laughs> song is kind of uh, a mesh between what Isaiah prophesied would happen and then what John and Paul talked about later. Uh, here we go. Georgia song. It's not Georgia's song. <laughs> yeah, but John and Paul were in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. There was no George in the Bible. George is right there.
Just forgive them. <laughs> uh, you can't sweat the small stuff. Come on now. Amen. Hallelujah. Good to see you this morning. Um, don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead just as he said he would. I mean, Easter Sunday... Resurrection Sunday, he's risen. Very seldom do you just end up getting somewhere. To get somewhere takes a lot of steps, takes a lot of processes, events, takes some trials. Maybe just to get here, it took some sacrifice today. And, and it's a sacrifice that you brought your children today. So if you will follow our licensed teachers... <laughs> Corey and Taryn, is it? And they're going to take your kids down to the school, just right there. If you're not okay with, them, with that, you can have them stay with you in the sanctuary. But they're going to have a great time. We've got great teachers. God bless you. Hallelujah. This past week was known as Holy Week, this whole week. And uh, many times we just focus on Easter Sunday, just this Sunday. And, uh, but really this past week was a big week. I mean, for everyone, especially Jesus. And it's, it's sometimes really amazing if you just stop and think about it. What if you knew for certain that this was going to be your last week on earth? Your last week here? I mean, what would you do? Or what would you think? Or how would you act? What would you prioritize if you knew this was your last week here? How much would the picked-up or non-picked-up room mean to you? How about the dishes? How about the clothes? It just doesn't seem to be very important. How about the people that you know in your lives? If you knew 
this was your last week, but maybe they didn't know. What would you say to them? What I want to do is walk quickly through this last week, starting with last Sunday, Palm Sunday. Jesus had a busy week. And so the first disclaimer is normally I talk about a scripture or two or maybe a passage. And so when a preacher says they're going to preach on a whole week, I know you can get some anxiety out there. <laughs> I'm not going to preach for a week. I'm going to quickly run through this last week that Jesus had, this last week that he was alive on the earth, just to let you know exactly what and put together what it is that uh, it happened, just some high spots. I won't be able to get them all, but I'll let you know that it's really amazing when you think about that week that Jesus had. He knew where he was going. He had told his disciples where he was going, but they didn't quite believe it. And so I want you just to think about how busy of a week that you've had or what weeks you've had that were busy in your life. There's been weeks in my life where I thought, man, if I can just get to the weekend, man, get me Friday, I want to get home. And if you've ever felt like that, I want you to know that Jesus probably felt the same way. He wanted to get where he was going. He was going to a place appointed by his father. On Palm Sunday, last Sunday, uh, I talked about a song uh, that uh, the kids from the preschool did, and we used a message for a song. We didn't really do a Palm Sunday message, but let me just tell you what happened. Palm Sunday, a week ago today in the time a few thousand years ago, that was prophesied about hundreds and hundreds of years before that. Matthew 21 says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. And this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. You see, this Jesus riding in on a donkey, this Palm Sunday, the palm fronds and everything, it's one of the most, uh, one of the most uh, rememberable pictures of the Easter week other than the crucifixion. Jesus coming into Jerusalem victoriously so that he could be king. And that's what the Jews thought. And this was prophesied. Uh, Dr. Davidson talked about this this morning, Zechariah 9, 9. It says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And, and the disciples did exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 21. He, they said this in Matthew 21, 6, 9. The disciples went as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt to place their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed him shouted, Hosanna, son of David, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means to save us. And that's what Jesus was doing coming in to Jerusalem on that Sunday, Palm Sunday. People laid down their cloaks and branches as an honor. Many times you'll see in the old days, I doubt you'll see it today, someone lay their cloak down for someone to walk over it. It's a sign of honor. And that was just Palm Sunday. Monday, 
Jesus was a busy person. He had a lot going on. He, he cleared the temple, and he healed all those that came to him. This is depicted in Matthew 21, verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all that were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables and the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It's written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, and you are making it a den of robbers. You see, what happened is during Holy Week, uh, during the Passover week, when they would bring sacrifices to the temple, many people didn't get an opportunity to bring something. They traveled from far away to get there. So these salespersons that had doves and sheep, they had them there to sell so that they could grab them there. It was meant initially to be something helpful. But what happened is what usually happens when money gets involved. They got greedy, and they started selling them for more and more and more. And the exchange rate of money got higher and higher and higher. And what had turned out to be something good turned out to be bad. And Jesus saw that. And his last week on this earth, his last week as he was walking towards a cross, he turned the tables over. He said, this is not the way it's supposed to be. He didn't, do, he didn't like that. And even while he was there in the temple, after he had turned over the tables and chased out those that were wrong, here's what else he did. Matthew 21, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. This verse doesn't say all, but the tense is a continuing tense. They healed them all, all that came. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw this wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna, son of David, they were indignant. Yes, even on a Monday, they didn't like him. They were plotting for his life. And it's just Monday. How does your Monday go? Yeah. Jesus' Monday was busy. On Tuesday... He talked about the fig tree and how it was withered. He did some teaching in the temple. His authority was questioned again, and he had, had a trip on the Mount of Olives. He had his calendar filled up, his checklist ready to go. In Matthew 21, it says early in the morning, Tuesday, early in the morning as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went but found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately, the tree withered. Fig trees, when they have leaves, they're supposed to also have fruit. And so you see the leaves, and you know that the tree has fruit because it has leaves. And you can go and eat the fruit, but the tree didn't have fruit. It had leaves. Many commentators talk about this is a type and shadow of the religious leaders of that day. They had a lot of show. They had a lot of pomp. They had their religious practices set up, but they didn't have any meat on their bones. They didn't have any love in their hearts. And Jesus was comparing this to that. And that's not all. As he was doing that, his authority was questioned again. Verse 23, Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders and the people came by. And they asked him, by what authority are you doing these things? Healing these people, helping these. And who gave you this authority? And even though he was moving closer and closer to the cross for them, they were blinded by his power. 
and we're still on Tuesday. He, he taught about the parables and the talents. He taught about the wedding feasts and the marriage at resurrection. He talked about the greatest commandment and the sheep and the goats. He talked about the day and the hour being unknown. He talked about the signs of the times. And he went from teaching at the temple to turning over the tables to teaching on the Mount of Olives. Man, he had a busy Tuesday. He was clicking right through the week. And each day his authority was questioned. Each day he knew he was getting closer to where he knew he was going. Each day he was spending more time with those he loved. On Wednesday, Wednesday was a hard day. Let me ask you, have you ever been betrayed? Have you ever been done wrong? You, you know what it feels like. Even if it's just a slight comment, even if it's just a dig, or if it's something really hurtful, you know what it feels like. It sticks with you. It's that word that comes out and hits you square in the chest. And if you're the one that sent the word out, man, there's many times I've sent a word out, I wish I could get it back. I wish I had put, like my mother said, my mind in gear before I put my mouth in gear. Yeah. Hallelujah. 30 pieces of silver. So late Tuesday night, but early into Wednesday morning, he went to the Mount of Olives. And this is recorded in Matthew 26. Then one of the 12, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out 30 pieces of silver. And from then on, Jesus watched, I'm sorry, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Wednesday was a day of betrayal, a day of turning the tables, Hump Wednesday. He was almost there. But he was there with one of his best friends, one of his disciples, turning him over. Thursday, I know I'm walking you through the week because I just want to get you to Sunday. Thursday was the Last Supper and the betrayal. Matthew 26, 17 and 19 says this. Where do you want us to make the preparations to eat the Passover? He replied, he said, go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. I want to stop right there and tell you that Jesus wants to celebrate the Passover with you at your house. He, he wants to be your guest. He wants to be invited in. He wants to help you prepare your life. He wants to help you live your life. How about being that certain man? I'll tell you, every one of us is that certain man, that certain woman, waiting for Jesus to come into our home. He wants to be in our home. He said, go to the city and tell a certain man. The teacher says, my appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. So he and the disciples went to this room in Jerusalem and they began to prepare this meal Thursday. You know, 
they had to slaughter a, a lamb. They had to prepare a fire. It's not like turning on a gas grill and pulling something out from gas. It took some work. You think you're preparing for an Easter meal today? Theirs took all day to get to the house, to get there, to get together, to fellowship, to divide the tasks. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? So they went there and they prepared the meal. And Matthew 26 says this, When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. This was the last meal he ate before he went to the cross. And he would be betrayed. The last meal, the Passover meal, was the first communion meal. You realize at supper he said, this, this is bread. This represents my body. It was broken for you. Take and eat. And he said, this is the blood, the blood of the new covenant that was shed for many. Take and drink. You see, this last Passover meal he had with his disciples was the first communion. And after he had the meal, he sat down and washed his disciples' feet. After the meal, they went out to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. This night, this Thursday night. After the meal, they were all together except for one. Judas had left after supper to go set up the big bust, to go set up the takedown, to go get everything in place so that he could earn his 30 pieces of silver. And Jesus was speaking to disciples and others that had gathered at Gethsemane. I mean, after a long week so far, a meal, time with friends, the night for Jesus was not over yet. There was much, much more to come. And it would last this whole night, all Thursday night. He's not going to go to bed. He's not going to rest. He's not going to turn on the TV. He's got something waiting. Matthew 26, 47 and 47 through 49 says this. While he was still speaking in the Garden of Gethsemane with a lot of people around after the Last Supper, after he had prepared the meal, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man arresting. Going out at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, not Lord, but Rabbi, and kissed him. It was late Thursday night. It was getting into Friday morning. Jesus was betrayed, and he was taken into custody immediately. His disciples, when they saw that, they scattered. Their leader had been arrested. Thursday night melded into Friday morning. Jesus had been up all day long Thursday, preparing for the supper. And he'd been awake much of Wednesday. He knew what was coming. 
One of his own betrayed him. The others ran away and left him. He was taken to a cell Thursday night until the very early morning next morning when his trials, three trials, would be moving closer. As Thursday night ended, Friday morning became. He had trials and death. Trials from the Sanhedrin and Pilate, Herod Antipas, and then Pilate again. Friday morning, very early. Very early, before light. When the roosters usually crow to announce the coming day, Friday morning. One of his closest ones, Peter, denied him three times before the rooster crowed Friday morning. Also early that morning, Judas, who had took, taken the money he used to betray Jesus, and he took it back to the priests. He threw it in the temple. They didn't take it back because it was blood money. And Judas went out and hung himself that morning. The priests took the money to buy a field, a potter's field, that they now call the field of blood. And it's just now 6 o'clock, Friday morning. He's had a tough, tough week. You think your week's been tough? It probably has to some degree or another. You think you've been deprived of sleep? You know, that's a tactic in the military to deprive you from sleep. During three trials from about 6 o'clock in the morning after the rooster crowed when Jesus told Peter, you're going to do this, till about 9, he had three trials. And when no one in these trials could really find anything that Jesus did wrong, they went to a custom that was done each Passover where they released a prisoner. And the person that was released was chosen by the people. That meant that one would be released and the other would be put to death. You see, I'm trying to just line up for you this week that Jesus Christ had and what he went through for us. So they set these two people out. One was Jesus and another was called Barabbas. He was a murderer and a robber. He was a notorious criminal. His name meant son of a father. And the crowd shouted to free him and to crucify Jesus. You've been at a football game when one team is right near the goal line. And this could be the score that could win the game. The offense is getting ready and the defense, the crowd is shouting, defense, 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 defense. This time they were shouting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, louder and louder and louder. So what Pilate did is he got a bowl of water and he washed his hands in front of the crowd. He says, my hands are clean. This is on you. And he washed his hands even when his wife was saying, don't get involved in this. This is not what you want to do. So that same day, 
Matthew 27 says this, they released Barabbas to them. And he had Jesus flogged and handed over to be crucified. Look, it was, it was 9 o'clock on Friday morning. Think your Friday's tough? Stay up for two days. Be betrayed. Give all of yourself. Heal all that came around. It was 9 in the morning when his trials ended. And he hadn't eaten since Thursday night. He was being prepared for crucifixion. Soldiers mocked him on Friday. They took his clothes. They put a crown on his head of thorns. And the procession ended on a hill called Golgotha, which means a place of a skull. He was placed between two robbers who were to be crucified also. And they put this sign over Jesus' head to further mock him, to further humiliate him to further try to separate those that had come this far with Jesus. It said, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. And before he died, as he hung on the cross, he invited one of the robbers into paradise with him that day. He never stopped giving. He never stopped healing. He never stopped loving and his week was jam-packed and he's hanging on a cross around three o'clock the blade of a sword was slipped between his ribs and the water and the fluid and the blood of his body spilled out on the earth many believe that this blood that spilled out on the earth then it's what covered the earth, took away the sins, covered them. And after many brutal hours on the cross, about 3 p.m., he died. And at that same time, darkness filled the skies. And the large veil in the temple, it tore from top to bottom. And Jesus said, it is finished. Have you ever thought, I just want this week over? Man, if this week would just end. So Friday night, Jesus died. And Saturday, he was in the tomb. I know he had said it was finished, but it wasn't finished. His work on the cross was finished. The sacrifice for our sins was finished, but there was more. On Saturday as he lay in the tomb, he was laying there for us. There was a birthing going on, a rebirthing. There was a transformation going on from death to birth, from death to life. Just as he had said, I'm going to arise. I'm coming back. Still on Saturday, to keep the followers away from Jesus' body, Roman guards were placed on the tomb so that they couldn't be taken. It says uh, in Matthew 27, So they went and made a tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. See, but, but guards, they, they couldn't stop a risen Christ. The, the stone, it, it couldn't stop the risen Christ. Uh, unbelief, it couldn't stop the risen Christ. 
Look, hate cannot stop the risen Christ. Unforgiveness cannot stop the risen Christ. Apathy cannot stop the risen Christ. Us turning away from Jesus Christ, it can't stop the risen Christ. No matter what we do, no matter how we do it, there's nothing that can stop the risen cross, the risen Christ. Sunday, it proved that. Matthew 28, 5 and 6, it said, The angel said to the woman, Don't be afraid, for I know what you're looking for, this Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen, just as he said. Here's the way Peter said it in 1 Peter 18, 19. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Look, I want you, I want you to know, it's Easter Sunday. We're celebrating the risen Christ. He's risen. He's alive. He's alive, and he's alive for us. And he endured a week. I just tried to put some pieces together so that you could just get a, a glimpse of when you think in the, in the future, when you're working and, and you think, man, I want this daggum week to be over. I want you just to key up this one time. And when you get to say, I can't wait till it's Friday. This is a bunch of bull. I, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the week that Jesus had because he had it for you. So whatever it is in this week, whatever week it is or whatever week it was that you had a difficult time, you think you just couldn't deal with it anymore. You didn't want to go forward anymore. You just didn't like it anymore. I'm going to get out of this place. I'm going to blow this place. I can't stand it. I want you to think of the week that Jesus had. And I want you to, I want it just to, just to tweak your mind. I want to sit it way back there. I just speak it into you right now. And when you start to confront things that seem unconfrontable, and when you begin to face things that seem like it's going to defeat you, and you think, ah, this is just too tough, I want you to think about this, risen Christ. I want you to think about this. We celebrate Easter Sunday. The one who has taken away your sins, the one who healed the sick, the ones who raised the dead, the one who sent his son, Jesus, for us. Now, if, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't have a relationship with him, it's going to be hard to understand exactly how this works. It's the mystery of the gospel. The man on the cross with Jesus who was going to paradise with him that day. He didn't go to church. He didn't tithe. He wasn't in a prayer group. He didn't speak in tongues. None of those are bad. But simply believing is enough for you to come to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And on a Sunday that we celebrate that Jesus is risen. There's no better time to settle it. There's no better time to make it straight than today. 
I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, stand up, say hallelujah. I'm just going to ask you to consider the case of Jesus Christ and the busy week that he had for you and for me. Dear Lord, I thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. Man, it's Easter. We know that you're alive. We know that you're risen. We thank you, God, for what you have done. And, and God, what you continue to do for us through your son. Jesus, thank you for the week that you had that was so busy, but you never stopped. You never pulled out. You never lost focus. You continued ahead to the cross and to the grave and to be alive again, to arise. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And for those here today, I speak a blessing into them. I speak a reality into them. I decree and declare in their lives that they will see that Jesus Christ is real, that they will grab a hold and take it with them today. I thank you, God. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Easter.